You know, one of the more confusing features with regards to the season of Advent has to be Gaudate Sunday, which falls on the third Sunday of Advent and quite literally means rejoice. So I think for a lot of people, when it comes to Gaudate Sunday, they know that there's this general exhortation to rejoice, you know, in keeping with Paul's letter to the Philippians, right? Rejoice in the Lord always, I say to you again, rejoice. And I think people also think about the rose-colored vestments that priests and deacons typically wear on a special occasion, you know, rose being, of course, a euphemism for the color pink. But apart from those two things, I think a lot of people are still somewhat confused when it comes to how to conduct myself when it comes to Gaudate Sunday. So as a matter of background, the season of Advent, which of course is a time of preparation for Christmas, was more or less modeled after the season of Lent. And so it took place over a period of 40 days, 40 days of fasting and prayer, as opposed to a period of four weeks as we find right now. And it began actually on the feast day of St. Martin of Tours, which was November 11th. And so uh, Advent came to be known as St. Martin's Fast, again, for the longest time. That changed somewhere around the 9th century, and so around this time, Advent transitioned again from being a 40-day fast to this period of preparation over a period of four weeks, although it still kind of maintained a certain penitential character, kind of in keeping and in parallel with the seasons of Lent. But what's interesting is that, again, around the 9th century, this break, if you will, was built into the Advent season, again, not unlike the season of Lent, where instead of having a strictly penitential approach to the season, there was a break to signify the joy it was meant to kind of obtain in commemoration of the second coming of Christ. So in the context of Lent, this break takes place on the fourth Sunday of Lent, otherwise known as Latere Sunday. But of course, in the context of Advent, it takes place on the third Sunday of Advent, otherwise known again as Gaudate Sunday. And so given all that, the whole point of Gaudate Sunday in a certain sense is to remind us that the occasion of Christ's second coming, when of course he will come to judge the living and the dead, is not simply meant to be an opportunity for us to revisit our own hearts, to see where we still have need of conversion and repentance, but is also meant to be an opportunity for great rejoicing, to be mindful of the fact that Christ will come not simply as a judge, but also as the creator and the redeemer. He will restore all things, he will wipe every tear from our eyes, and he will make all things new in the fullness of time. So they illustrate the point, I want to share with you the story that I heard in the context of this pre-seminar that I attended a couple years ago that was hosted by the Archdiocese of Toronto. So as a matter of background, the keynote speaker at this particular seminar that I was attending was this guy named Father John Cameron, who at the time was the editor for Magnificat magazine. So as he tells the story, a couple years back, he was working on these dramatic plays, these off-Broadway productions, as a result of which he was being interviewed by this reporter from the Village Voice. So as you probably know, the Village Voice isn't exactly the Catholic Register, right? So it's not exactly known for being sympathetic with religious concerns. In any case, the person interviewing Father John began with this provocative and somewhat dismissive question. So basically the question was framed like this. So Father John, basically you just do religious plays, right? Now, in the face of that particular question might seem kind of innocent enough, except again, if you read between the lines, it's actually really provocative and somewhat condescending. Because just to think it through, if Father John basically responded by saying yes, his whole enterprise could be dismissed as simply being a religious thing. But fortunately, Father John wasn't born yesterday, so the way he responded was basically to say to this person, well, actually, Janice, I think all drama is essentially religious. Again, all drama is essentially religious. 
Now, as you might expect, Janus was somewhat confused, and so Father John went on to explain his basic premise. So he said, well, look, within the heart of every person, there exists um, the great desires, infinite desires for things like truth and beauty, goodness, justice, whatever the case may be. And so before proceeding, he kind of reflected that back to her. Like, do you agree that that's, that's what's in the heart of every single human person who's ever lived in the face of the earth? Now, Janice, you know, being an atheist and being a relativist, she didn't really agree with the notion of truth, but she could relate to the notion of justice. And so she said, yeah, I mean, within my own heart, I, I do recognize this deep longing, this deep desire for justice. And so Father John went on to pursue that. And so basically, Father John went on to say, well, look, okay, so you recognize within your own heart this, this longing for justice. And so I ask you another question. Is that desire for a little bit of justice, uh, a lot of justice, or infinite justice, a, a world of a perfect and infinite justice? Now, I'm sure at this point, Janice thought she was being tricked, but she played along with the game, right? So she said, okay, I, I guess uh, within my own heart, I have this deep longing for a, a world of infinite and perfect justice, right? And then Father John went on to say this. Okay, so you have this desire in your heart for infinite justice, for perfect justice, but wouldn't you agree that this world has a disproportionate amount of injustice, which doesn't seem to fly, especially when compared to the deep longing in your heart for infinite and perfect justice? So what do you say of that? Now, at this point, Janice had to pause for a bit, but eventually she said, well, I guess I would try to make it happen. Through my own efforts, through my own sense of ingenuity, I would try to bring about a world of infinite and perfect justice. But then Father John said this, no offense to you, Janice, but a lot of people have come before us who have been smarter than uh, you and I, more capable than you and I, who have tried and failed to create a world of infinite and perfect justice. So what do you do with that? And as you might expect, Janice had no response. And so Father John said to her this, the Christian response we have to this particular situation that we're talking about now is to cry out to the Lord our God, who has placed these infinite desires in our hearts, and to trust and believe that in the fullness of time, basically he will wipe away every tear from our eyes, and he will make all things new. In response to which Janice basically said to him, I want to change the subject. Now, obviously, that's kind of a funny and somewhat amusing story, but hopefully you see the point of all of it, right? So the point is to issue to us a certain challenge, if you will, especially to us as a Christian people. Like, what is it that we actually believe? And so, for example, that we believe that God is simply this harsh judge who is waiting and just aching to crush our souls. Or do we believe that while we're called to live with a certain amount of responsibility to become holy in the eyes of the Lord, at the same time, he's not simply judge, he is also creator and redeemer. He is the one who has the intention, the will, and the power to make up for all of our shortcomings, to satisfy the deep longings of the human heart for truth, justice, beauty, and righteousness. And on top of that, He is the one who has the ability to make all things new in the fullness of time. Okay, now just to kind of close things off and to help you realize that I'm not kind of making this stuff up, I want to end now with this quote from Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. So this is kind of a loose paraphrase, but basically Pope Benedict is talking about the final judgment. So the question is, what is the final judgment? In response to which Pope Benedict essentially says this, the final judgment is this time where the various strands of human history come together in accordance with God's providential designs. And the whole point is that at this moment, we will come to realize in retrospect that God, who has always been our father, was also creator. He was also redeemer. And all this time, he was always the Lord our God. And may God bless you all.